in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we're here this day. We join our hearts together in prayer just as we've been doing hopefully throughout the week and as we seek you for the city uh, even in the prayers that were said earlier by john joining our hearts in that as well today is the day we pray for those who are unemployed in our community that's a, a big number and maybe lord it's a bigger number than we realize even within our church family here that you would provide. Lord, obviously we pray for work, but ultimately that work is something you give us to provide other things, to provide for basics, shelter and food, to provide your purpose for us in a place that we can be a light and salt. Lord, we pray that you would meet those needs, that you would raise people up in the long haul that some have been in. We ask today that you would help us to put aside all the cares and concerns and hear you speak today. Lord, I ask that you would help me to speak your words, but I know and I've experienced this so many times that you have spoken in ways that the preacher never said. You are here. Break through. Break down the walls. And help us to press forward into your preferred future for us as individuals and as a church. As your people. As your ministers of reconciliation. Move in us and move us today. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you have noticed a change in our wall up here today? Anybody notice a change in our wall up here today? A couple hands. Anybody just notice it because I just said it? Uh, you know, okay, well, now that you say it, okay. So uh, we're, we're recognizing how observant everybody is. Let me ask this question. If you've noticed today something's different about the wall, have you noticed the last four to six weeks something being different about the wall? Because after each Sunday for the last four to six weeks, I've taken off a brick or a block or more than one brick, a couple bricks. For the last four to six weeks, I've been slowly taking down the wall. In many ways, 
that is analogous to what hopefully is happening in our lives. As you've talked with me, a number of you, I know that you are is taking down those walls between you and other people. Slowly, it's a process, you're going through it, it's been happening, and, and even though it may not always be noticed, it really is happening. If you could just see, there are blocks stacked up to back here where my hand is right now, all the way back there, what used to be on top. You've been making progress. And that is great. Celebrate that. But we also recognize that the wall is still there. And the wall is still there in some of our relationships. It's not finished yet. But it's time. It's time for us to finish forgiveness. What we've been talking about all this time is taking down that those walls and restoring the joy in our relationships. We talked this this whole year about fighting for joy, and one of the areas that sucks out the greatest joy in our life is our relationships with others. And the way to do that, we restore that joy, is to take down those walls. And we do that as we look at today and next week is the final messages in this series. So for many of you, say it's been good, it's been challenging, uh, I've got that, I've started to do some things, okay, okay, good. But how about we make the determination today that we're going to finish it? How about we make the determination that we will finish forgiveness and all that God wants us to do? How do we do that? We're going to look at two different ways today and the steps that uh, we've been talking about. We're going to look at two ways to finish forgiveness. The first one is we can finish forgiveness by completing our responsibility. We can finish forgiveness by completing our responsibility. Uh, Speaking of finishing, the last time I was with you, you noticed we were going through a make it right with others message and it had... Steps one through seven. And if you're really observant, you know that we ended on step six. We didn't actually finish the message. And so today, uh, it fits right in with this message about finishing forgiveness. Number seven, right on this point, we're just to talk about that number seven. So you can kind of put it back with that if you want. But it fits with this as how we finish forgiveness. And, and here it is. Here it is. It is, a, it is a powerful, powerful thing. Are you ready for it? The way to finish forgiveness is to ask for it. Uh, wow, that, that's powerful. Uh, we don't think about that. But we do in our relationship with God, right? We're not expecting that He's going to forgive us if we never ask. So why is it that we don't think to ask for forgiveness from others? I mean, we want to make it right. We know when there's something going on and we want to make it right. We were willing to admit that what we did wasn't the 
wasn't good. It was even wrong. We're, we want things to be different between us and others. And we really are trying through those seven A's that we talked about. But then we never actually ask the person to forgive us. Instead, the two of us kind of dance around the issue. You know, we just kind of uh, are there and like, uh, so, uh, hey, it's, we're cool, right? Just ask. You want to finish forgiveness? You know, somebody says, well, I'm pretty sure they've already forgiven me. Pretty sure? Is that how you want God to leave it with you? For you to be pretty sure he's forgiven you? There's nothing pretty about pretty sure. Finish forgiveness. Ask. Let me show you an example of that uh, from the movie. Many of you have probably seen Fireproof when Caleb's asked for forgiveness. Caleb, I don't know how to process this. This is not normal for you. Welcome to the new normal. You didn't want to do this at first, did you? No. But halfway through, I realized that I did not understand what love was. And once I understood that, I wanted to do it. Caleb, I want to believe that this is real. But I am not ready to say that I trust you again. I understand that. But whether you ever reach that point or not, I need you to understand something. I am sorry. I have been so selfish. For the past seven years, I have trampled on you with my words and with my actions. I have loved other things when I should have loved you. In the last few weeks, God has given me a love for you that I have never had before. And I have asked him to forgive me. And I am hoping, I am praying that somehow you would be able to forgive me too. I do not want to live the rest of my life without you. A little later in the movie, we see her come back to him to give that forgiveness. But what we need to understand is that after we finish our responsibility and ask, we need to be prepared for an uncomfortable silence after we ask. We need to be 
prepared, in fact, that they may not fully forgive us right then and there. Even though you've done everything on your part to try to make it right. In that moment is when the love that you're wanting them to give you is the love that you need to give back to them in patience to wait as God works in them. We do not push someone that we've hurt to heal. We cannot. We can't make them forgive any more than God, who commands them to forgive, can make them forgive. It's their choice. And continuing to push or pester or try to guilt them into forgiving you will not finish forgiveness. Instead, it will just cause new problems. Now, following through with these seven A's in this way uh, that we've been talking about in this series, following through with these are important towards finishing forgiveness. But going through these steps and all that we've talked about will not heal them from the hurt that they have experienced from you or anyone else. No matter what someone does or says to make it right, only Jesus heals. And we need to be able to live with that and live with the fact that ultimately God's forgiveness is what we need. And I want to be sure for those of you who are here who are hurt. And all of us have been hurt, but some of you are just kind of sitting in a very deep hurt. For those of you who are hurt, hear this. Listen. If you are looking for something from someone who hurt you to make you better, you're looking in the wrong place. It may be good, it may be helpful to hear a heartfelt confession, but hear this, only Jesus heals. Finish forgiveness. You see, that next step to finish off forgiveness is one person asks for the forgiveness. The next next part is that the other person would actually give full forgiveness and this forgiveness that we give should not just be done in our head and in our heart if we're going to finish it we've got to actually give it intentionally speak it which means we, we don't hold back or hold up for just a little bit longer i know they've asked for forgiveness i know it should be given a forgiveness but i'm just going to hold up just a little bit before i've completely I mean I have forgiven them but I'm going to hold up before I tell them because I want them what to sweat it out a little bit right I want them to feel bad a little bit longer or somehow punish them a little bit which is really the opposite of forgiveness which means you really didn't forgive them if that's what you're thinking as we're giving forgiveness one of the things we hear so often is forgive and forget now, this morning, as I look at this, we don't really have time to, to take that apart and really help us to understand that that phrase, taken literally, is impossible and does not work. But this is what God said. 
and he said it in a number of places, in Jeremiah 31, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Let me just cut through all my notes and just make it simple in this way. Here it is. It's not that God forgets. It's that he chooses to remember no more. He chooses not to remember it. This is what we need to do is we forgive. In finishing forgiveness, we, choo- we need to choose to not remember, to not think about it, to not dwell upon it in our own heart or in our own mind, to not talk about it with others, of what the persons have done, or to ever bring it up again. Finish forgiveness. Let it go. It's in the past. Live in the present. Press forward. As well to forget, to, to that forget, to, to uh, let that go, is not only choose to not to remember, but it's to change the memory. And again, there's not time this morning, but to understand that God can change our memory. While it may not take away and give us spiritual amnesia, He can change that memory into something beautiful. I would encourage you, as we've talked about these kind of things, and I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I would definitely want to mention it now, is a book by R.T. Kendall, K-E-N-D, I think it's A-L, but uh, you'll be able to look that up, called Total Forgiveness. And if you still need some, it would be need to, a little bit more working on this and thinking about this and forgiveness. This is something, a, a book that uh, has meant a lot to me. I've read a lot of books on forgiveness, and there's a lot of good things. This comes at it slightly different in a way that we should have heard all along as Christians. And it's a book that when I've given it to people, including those who have gone through uh, adultery and fidelity in their marriages, end up never giving the book back, instead giving me money to go buy more to give to other people. Because it's just that much. So I just encourage you, I don't always, I'm not always talking about different books, but this one in particular. So we finish forgiveness as we think about this. We, we need to finish our forgiveness by completing our responsibility. But let's move on to the second and even more important point that is often missed is we can finish forgiveness by committing to our reconciliation. You see, the way usually we think is, I've forgiven, so it's finished. In fact, often right about now, in what I've just talked about, is where most sermons stop. But is where we have ended up with that person really the finish line of forgiveness? You say, I've forgiven them. If you have... If, that's, if you have finished forgiveness, then why has the joy of your relationship not been restored? If you have finished forgiveness, why is there no longer a sense of joy when you're around them? But just the opposite. Why is your relationship strained? Why is there a distant feeling? Why do we no longer interact with them like we did in the past? Why is there still part of a wall separating you and them? Why? Are you not as close as you were? Why are you not like all relationships growing closer? Why? If Forgiveness actually has finished its work. 
None of that should be so. It's because we're missing something. We're not fully finishing forgiveness in the way that God did for us. And we read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 here. As you look at some of the things that we read, even going right to verse 18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. God finished forgiveness by reaching the goal of reconciling our relationship with him. So, too, with those who have wronged you or you have wronged them. The goal should not merely be to say, I forgive them. I let them off the hook. When forgiveness has finished its work, the relationship is reconciled. The relationship is restored with no walls separating us in any way. Reconciliation changes the relationship to where God wants it to be. That is the example he has set for us. And to finish forgiveness, we need to commit to reconciling our relationships. Now, I know somebody's thinking, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Now, first of all, somebody's thinking that because I don't want to hear this. Because I just want to say I forgive them and I'm done. But others are like, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. I, I thought all we need to do is just forgive. We don't need to restore the relationship. Really? I mean, I wish you really think about this. Are you sure that's how God's forgiveness worked for us? Is he, he just forgives us? Are you sure all you want from God is just forgiveness from the wrongs? Can we just imagine for a moment? I want you to think for a moment. We're just going to pretend, and this is not really what's going to happen. But I want you to imagine for a moment if God had the same attitude that so many Christians have towards those who have hurt them and done wrong to them. Here, here's the way it might go. What God might say. Okay. Okay. I forgive you. You do not have to face punishment and go to hell. But I don't want you up here with me. In fact, I really don't want to be anywhere around you. Unfortunately, I'm an omnipresent God. And there's going to be times where we're going to run into one another. So we can be cordial in those times, but I prefer to act like you're not there. Either way, we're never going to be close again. It's not going to be the same. In a sense, it will feel like there's a wall between us. Please don't misunderstand me. I forgive you. But from this point on, I'm basically done. You go on with your life. I'll go on with mine. Is that how God works? Is that how God uh, deals with it and says it and finishes forgiveness? No, he's committed to reconciliation. That's what he wants. 
And yet, we hear, I have, and I'm sure you too have, heard Christians say things just like that. All those things that I just mentioned. I have forgiven them. That's all I need to do. But yet, instead of forgiving and moving on in our relationship, we move away from the relationship. And then we say, it's all good. You know, I'm good at forgiving, kind of like this picture. I'm fine. I've forgiven him. We're all good. I don't know if you can read it. The little boy towards his, hey, Rangers, hit my brother, win my piggy bank. I've forgiven him. We're good. Uh, I don't want to be anywhere near my brother. It's obviously the seat's there. There's a seat next to his brother. I'm not sitting next to him. I've heard from Christians, it's all good. I, I just don't want to be friends with them anymore. Wow, that's, that's a Christ-like attitude that really reflects his heart, you think? Oh, 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 don't under, misunderstand, Pastor. I'm not that way with everyone. Just this person. Well, and, and there's that person. And, and but, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I try to reconcile. Somebody said, I try to reconcile with people that I still care about. Again, wow. That's just echoing Jesus' words. And I'm being facetious. Not. We must finish forgiveness with reconciliation to all, not just to those we want to, because that's the way God does it. You understand that? Sometimes I think in our evangelical language that we can get so focused on one area that we lose sight of the bigger picture in the Word of God of His plan of salvation. Jesus did not come, did not just come to earth to only forgive us of our sin. Now, Jesus did come to forgive us of our sin, but Jesus did not only come to earth to forgive us our sin, which, by the way, when we say that, means to forgive us, therefore to take the penalty of our sin, which, as Romans 6.23 says, is death, which means eternal death, which means hell, which means Jesus did not come to earth just to deliver a get-out-of-hell-free card. Are you with me? Neither did Jesus come to earth just so that we can get to heaven. But rather so that we could be with him forever. That our relationship would be restored and live for all eternity with him. He came to reconcile our relationship to God. As he says in verse 20. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He came to make a way to get back that special relationship that God and man had at the very beginning of creation before sin. God's story goes beyond forgiveness. Think of the story of the prodigal son. Well, the point of the prodigal son, one of the main points of the prodigal son is, is that the son came back and he was forgiven. Was that the main point? This that represents our Father God? The main point was that the relationship was restored. You don't have to be one of my servants. This is my son who is dead and is alive, who is lost and is found. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased, speaking of Jesus, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. We were alienated and separated from our Father God. Isaiah 59 says, Your sins have separated you from God. have hidden His face from you. But then we have a passage like in Romans 5 here, verse 10 and 11. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received what? Reconciliation. We were his enemies. And Jesus did not come just to forgive us. He came to finish forgiveness with reconciliation, to restore the relationship and bring us back together with God. Where once we were enemies, Jesus now calls us friends in John chapter 15, which was always God's intention throughout all of the Word of God, despite the mischaracterization of God by some in the Old Testament as they look at it. But if we really look, we see examples like Moses in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend with no walls separating. This is where forgiveness finishes, to restore a real, personal, vital relationship with God. The only way for that to happen, to reconcile that relationship back to God, was through the mediator, Jesus We want, we need more from God than just forgiveness of our past wrong. We want to make the present right with God so that we can have a future that is bright with God. And so God wants that in our lives as ministers of reconciliation. God wants more from us than just to forgive one another. He wants our relationships to be restored with one another to finish forgiveness through reconciliation not just to say I forgive you because that stops short of the finish line of what forgiveness is leading to restore a relationship not just to restore the relationship back to the way it was because let's face it sometimes the way our relationship was is what caused the mess to begin with and sometimes we get afraid of that. It's like, oh, I don't know. I really want to go, just want to restore that relationship back the way. No, it's not what that's about. It's to restore the relationship the way God intends it to be. To restore that relationship even to the point that it is better than it has ever been or even ever thought it could be. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in my office with a couple who there's been adultery and infidelity and it, it, it didn't just suddenly happen at years in fact for some started before their wedding day even uh, the the problems between the couple not the adultery 
And to just in that moment to give them that hope that I say, you're not going to believe me right now, and that's okay, but I'm going to tell you something that you're going to find out later on down the road. Is that not only can God restore your relationship, but God can make your relationship better than it ever was even on your wedding day. He can. And over and over again, those two with Christ who work towards that reconciliation come back, sometimes months and months later, and say, we thought you were full of beans. I don't know, they may have said other things, but we thought you were full of beans when you said that. But you know what? I never knew my relationship with my spouse could be this way, this good. I, I had no concept. God wants to restore that. That is what forgiveness finishes up with. Yes, there was something that was said or something that was done that was so hurtful that it fractured your relationship and the walls went up. But finishing forgiveness is not just about forgetting and letting go of what was done. It's about repairing the relationship as far as it depends upon you. It's about restoring the love of God between you and that other person. It's about the restoration of goodness, unity, peace, closeness, and the free flow of God's Spirit, and ultimately, trust. Although that last one may take time for the glue to dry on what was broken and put back together. Oftentimes, this is not as hard as it may seem. Because after we've really forgiven that person, fully forgiven that person, and enter into the process of reconciliation, of restoring our relationship, we find out that the actual original wrong that was said or done that started it all was not what we thought it was. It was more about a miscommunication or a misunderstanding that was taken wrong. And then maybe what happened was instead of responding in love and trying to find out what's really going on after this miscommunication and this misunderstanding, we reacted. And we said something that just made it worse and gave them bricks for the wall. Or we reacted and just walked away and went to build our own wall. Sometimes what we need to do is just sit down and listen to one another. Not coming to talk about our side of the story, not coming to talk to try to convince anything, but just to sit and listen, not to their words, but to listen to their heart. So many times we, we make it about the words and about what's being said. Listen to hear their heart, for that's where the relationship begins its restoration is in the heart again there is hope we have in Christ in so many cases a reconciliation can result in a relationship being better than it ever was okay but pastor because I know people are saying are there exceptions to this Are there exceptions to reconciliation? Will it always happen? 
Should it? Hey, Pastor, what about... Part of that we're going to hit next week in the last message of this series. What about this? What about that? What about how do we deal? You know, what is this? But I think what will help to set that up for next week is that we understand that there is a difference. There is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Okay? And and I'm just going to go through some of those things. You have blank, hopefully a blank notes if you want to write these down. Here's the first one. There are many times that forgiveness and reconciliation happen at the same time, but they are not the same thing. There are those times where forgiveness just kind of and, and reconciliation happen just naturally happens. The relationship's restored uh, because it really wasn't anything major. We just move forward. We don't keep record of wrongs. It just we just move on. If after something is said or done to us, we would just stop and think and bring it before the Lord, we would realize this is not a major deal. I don't need to deal with this person about this. Instead, I just need to overlook it. What? Overlook it? Yeah, that's what God says. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Now, some of you may need to repeat that, right? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Or we just need to cover over that offense, that wrong, whatever was said or done. First Peter chapter 4, verse 18 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Above all, love each other deeply because love, love covers over a multitude of sins. Forgiveness in that moment and reconciliation happen simultaneously. Please understand, this is not sweeping it under the rug. This is putting it under the blood. Before it goes any further, we forgive and we move on. That's not easy every time, but oftentimes there are things that we, oftentimes there are things that we need to overlook to cover over that are not actually sin against us or anyone else. I want to make sure we hear this because for some reason we have a problem uh, with getting this. We get so upset about certain things that somebody said or did that God isn't upset about. He doesn't mention in his word as a sin. We're like, and we start building our wall over this particular thing because they were not perfect. They said or did something that wasn't perfect. It, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't sin. And it really shouldn't surprise us that people around us are not perfect. We just need to get over it. Because for whatever reason, they ticked us off. But it wasn't sin. But they ticked us off. Maybe that has more to do with your lack of patience and demand for perfection than it does about them. 
I mean, sometimes are we mad about something and somebody that really is not about them? Ultimately, it's something in us that needs to change. Now, please understand, there is a sense, and the Bible talks about it, there is a sense where something becomes too big to be able to overlook. And Scripture gives clear directions. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 and on. And we'll kind of hit those uh, next week and touch on those things. But jot that down. Matthew 6, 1 and Matthew 18, 15 and on from there. As we commit, reconcil- as we commit to reconciliation, remember, while it takes, here's the next difference. While it takes one to forgive, it takes two to reconcile. That's a big difference. Forgiveness is a choice that you alone are responsible for, whereas reconciliation is a choice that both parties need to make. Now, obviously, we keep in mind that forgiveness technically is not much of a choice because God commands it, but I I guess you do get a choice. But with reconciliation, it's a two-way responsibility. We We have, just like in our relationship with God, We need to turn around towards Him. We know that we need to turn around towards God. But in our turning around towards God, that means we turn away from the old self, the old ways, the old things that we're doing, the wrong. We turn away from that and we turn towards God. So too, as we think about in our reconciliation and turning towards someone with others. And hopefully realize that this is not a 50-50 deal. This is not like, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'll reconcile, I'm willing to restore the relationship if they meet me halfway. I don't know if you ever thought about it, but God did not meet us halfway. He came from heaven. God himself, fully God, became fully man as a baby and lived through this earth. Everything that we dealt with had to deal with all of that and was tempted in the same way we were and yet then went to the cross and was killed brutally as an innocent to reconcile his relationship with us. God did not say, I'll meet you halfway. He came all the way to right up behind us. And that's the way it's got to be as we reconcile in relationships with some people. Sometimes we're going to have to make that, the distance. Uh, I know Fran talked about making the first move last week. we got to make that distance. But in the end, reconciliation takes two people. Even if you're right behind them, that person still needs to turn around. Our reconciliation is something that involves both. Just as it does with God. Until we confess and repent of our sin, we will not experience the forgiveness that God has provided for us. We will not experience a relationship that is restored with God until we confess and repent of our sin and turn towards Him, surrendering our life to Him. There's a responsibility on our part in any way. Does that responsibility earn it or somehow deserve it? But there is our responsibility, even on our reconciliation with God. So it is in our reconciliation with others. In general, here's another one. In general, forgiveness changes our attitude about the person. Reconciliation changes our action. Uh, There is a misconception. Again, I I take a lot of time on this one either. We'll just kind of skip over. There's a difference as we're talking about this as an action, there's a confusion that sometimes happens 
that people don't realize there is a difference between conflict resolution and reconciliation. You got two kids pulling on the bear and fighting with one another and they both want it. And the first reaction to come in and do to solve the problem is to deal with the issue instead of dealing with the relationship. And you come in and you solve that issue about the bear or about whatever it is. You sit down with that person. You sit down with the person, you talk it out, and you've worked out, yes, this, okay, I I recognize, and we come to an agreement, we come to a resolution, we come to a peaceful resolution, but we do not necessarily come to a reconciliation, to our relationship being restored. We don't actually ask, what we ask is, how do we fix the problem between us? We don't ask, how do we fix us? And sometimes I think we just need to go to someone and I don't know how to start it. I don't know what to do. But you know what? I have this sense that there's... And maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's at least a little bit of a wall between us. It doesn't seem the same as it used to be. How do we fix us together? How do we take down the walls that seem like they've been built up? When our priority is on reconciliation, the focus is less about you and me. It's more about us. Resolving conflict versus restoring the relationship becomes about two opposite things. See, trying to resolve the conflict is about who or what is wrong versus who is getting right. Next, we tend to think of forgiveness dealing with the past where reconciliation focuses on the future. It doesn't look backward, but looks forward. We're going to press on together. In a very real sense, reconciliation is not going back to the way the relationship was, as I said before. It's going on to a better relationship. I know some people just say, well, I don't see that's possible. How many other things can we say about that life? We don't see how it's possible, and yet we have a God of the impossible. Nothing is impossible for Him. But it takes both sides to take the wall down. And somebody can say, yeah, that, that sounds good. Eventually, that's what I'll do. I mean, have you ever heard that? I mean, we've talked about somebody who says, I've forgiven them. I, I just don't want to be around them right now. I... I I know what you said earlier, Pastor, and that whole that God thing and all. I don't want to be like that, but right now, I just really don't want to be around them. Not forever. I just need some time. And there is a sense that there's a process that we work through, not only in forgiveness, a process for some that we work through in reconciliation. But even though that may sound good, what really happens so oftentimes is that it doesn't matter how much time you have. Nothing changes. You know it. Just think about it. Things do not get better on their own over time. In fact, just the opposite usually happens in a relationship. Things get worse. They get worse. They're not better. I say, well, they're better. We're not fighting anymore. Well, because you don't talk to one another. You don't see anyone. That's not better. And for some relationships, it's like, it's not that it's really bad. It's not really bad, but... You know, we just kind of got this wall separated right now. You used to be good friends. 
And what happens over time is, well, then you're eventually just friends. And then it's just somebody that you care about. And then it's somebody that you know about. And then over time, it just becomes somebody. I once knew somebody I once saw, they become a stranger. Because we just let time take care of it. Instead of following the example of God, being proactive, doing something about restoring and reconciling the relationship. Finish forgiveness by committing to reconciliation. And here's the thing, what we see more often than we should is when two believers are in a church and have a problem with one another. We know what the Bible says should happen very clearly. It is clear. If you're not sure what it says or what it is, I mean, it is very clear in a number of places, including that Matthew 18 I mentioned. But nonetheless, oftentimes the solution, when two believers are having a problem and there's been heard or something said or done, the solution is one decides to just leave the church so they don't have to deal with the person and therefore somehow think the problem is solved. But they never talk to them. In fact, they never talk again to that person. And of course, that's fine with them, but the problem wasn't solved here on earth or in heaven. There is no reconciliation that happened. And just because you go to different churches does not mean that you're no longer a brother or sister in Christ. And it does not mean that you will not be held accountable as you stand before Christ on Judgment Day to answer for the way you chose to walk away as you're standing before the one who did everything he could to come and together join us with God and reconcile our relationship. Have we ever thought this through as it deals with another person who's a Christian? No matter what you do, you're not going to be able to avoid them forever. Because one day in heaven, every day, they're going to be there. I know some people say, oh, heaven's going to be a big place. Well, you know what? With your luck, with your luck and your attitude, God's going to assign them a seat right next to you for all of eternity. Why not work towards reconciliation now here on earth as it is in heaven? Not for your sake, not for their sake, not even just for God's sake, but for the sake of the world that is watching us. The church who say that we are God's people with a message of love for them as ministers of reconciliation. As it talks about in 2 Corinthians 5, as ministers of reconciliation, how are we living? Are we living as ministers of reconciliation is our life about restoration of relationships. What kind of love are they seeing among us towards one another that reflects the kind of love that we've received from God? Is it a picture of reconciliation, of restored relationships between imperfect people despite our differences and disagreements? I don't think we should try to to, to fool the world and somehow saying, oh, we all love one another here in the church. No, no problems. Oh, they're so wonderful. Oh, people are so nice. Never a bad word. 
nothing there. I mean, it's just, oh, they're just so lovely. It's so grace-filled, you know. No. You know what? We got imperfect people. We got an imperfect pastor. We're going to mess up. That's what grace is for. And we got to have a place where grace can thrive, but you can't thrive in a place that pretends you're perfect. So there's that sense that we show them we're not perfect, and yet still we can love, forgive, and reconcile despite our differences and disagreements. Now, please understand, I know there is a, a number of, have been a number of new people coming here to OCCA over a, a number of months, even throughout this year. I am not speaking about some particular incident going on here or some special conflict amongst the people at OCCA right now. There is a love here. It's been seen in our action, our caring for one another. We need to understand in any church, just because there's an absence of conflict does not prove the presence of love to a hurting world. It does not prove John 13, verses 34 and 35. You know what that says? I think many of you probably do or have it memorized. Why don't you turn there? I just turn there, just to be sure. John chapter 13. Jesus' words, John 13, verse 34. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We cannot be Christians walking around with fake smiles saying we love one another and we have forgiven people when we are calmly and contentedly standing at cold arm's length away from one another. In a family of God, because of walls that have been built up over time. Do not show the world a Christ who has a love that restores. We can say we have forgiven someone all we want, but the world is able to tell the difference. Maybe we can pretend like, okay, yeah, you said the Christian thing, and so we're all good with one another here. But the world sees right through somebody who says, oh, I've forgiven them, and sees when it's not real. They don't see the real love manifested in lives with people with real problems that get worked out and look like Jesus. I I read a motto from an organization uh, that talks about this uh, a number of months ago and it says this friends don't let friends stay unreconciled friends don't let friends stay unreconciled so for you and others you know that are not here today i encourage you to direct them to be reconciled to be a minister of reconciliation 
even one to another to live out that love that we are to be experiencing having with God is the example that he's shown for us and what he's done in our life is what we need to be doing with others. Uh, direct them to this message and other messages, whatever it takes to have that love. Not just a love that does good to others, but a love that is good with others. Being reconciled. Not merely having a detached forgiveness, but reconciled in our relationships. Does your relationship... Uh, it's just that the worship team can come. Just ask this question. This question's right now. Maybe even just to bow your heads for a moment. Does your relationship with others show why Jesus came? Does your relationship with others in this church family, in your earthly family, brightly reflect Jesus, the Lord of love? Let's make the commitment, the resolution today to finish forgiveness and restore relationships. Father, help us to do this. Move in us. Pour out your love into our hearts. May we no longer have excuses. We break all those down. May we no longer fall short of the finished line of forgiveness. May we make the decision we will reconcile our relationships with others as far as it depends upon us. Help us to follow you and to be like you, Jesus. Amen.